Isotope. Oh, sweet, gave us hope, that blessed radio isotope. Welcome to episode number nine of Slam and Stan. This is Vandal Drummond and Alfredo Esparza. Alfredo, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. Did you did you take a nap during the introduction? That song, I could never sleep through that song. Did that wake you up? It woke me up. In fact, for all of you out there, I was just telling Alfredo, I'm uh, going on a Two hours sleep left from last night. Fredo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, for some reason it sounded like we got cut off. Well, as I was saying, uh, I got a total of two hours sleep last night, and I feel very awake, but I don't know if I'm in some sort of denial, so I don't know if I'm just talking nonsense uh, at this moment, or if I feel as efficient as I actually am, or no, I'm talking gibberish. (laughs) (laughs) This week we have lots to talk about now, so you don't have to worry about having to come up with new topics on the fly. Yeah, this is one week where there is no shortage of talk. There's actually a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, we won't be talking about anything WWE-related, so... Exactly, there is nothing to talk about in that respect. Actually, there is actually one thing. Um, What is that? Earlier today, um, Chris Jericho was on um, one of the local channels here promoting Summer. Summerfest. Summerfest, yes. He was just promoting it, and the the one of the news anchors was um, wearing a Nacho Libre mask. <laughs> so you can imagine. And Jericho, oh my lord, that's excellent. The, 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 the cool thing was Jericho was speaking in Spanish the half the time, and then the guy started the. It's a Spanish show on channel, so the guy starts speaking to him in English, and the, and Jericho looks at him. You speak English. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you just talk to talk to me in English in the first place? But I thought it was a good. I thought it was Chris, entertaining. Chris Jericho is the best thing the WWE has right now. You know the funny thing is they had um it was two um news anchors and um the female news anchor was um was telling Jericho that she that he you know talking about all the styles he knows Japanese lucha um, American Canadian and um she's talking about all this stuff and then the guy asked him do you know who Rey Mysterio is. I'm like, and, then, and Chris Jericho just like, yes, I do know. I we wrestled each other and all this. Stuff. I'm like, dude, don't you watch this stuff? Because they made it sound like they watched the. the I was gonna show. say when she's talking about all the different styles, I would half expect, whoa, she knows her, she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, and then I, I figured, well, well, actually, it was the guy that who asked, but they both knew about Lucha, but I'm guessing they must have read something about him before doing the show. Possibly, maybe they did like a little cram session yeah. before the show started. They read his book, which you could actually read in one day. So, <laughs> <laughs> not, not that it's bad or anything. I'm yeah, I heard it's a good it. read. I have I haven't read it yet, but I so it's a pretty quick read, is it? Yeah, I mean, well, all the, all wrestling books are pretty quick. 
This is true. Except for that NWA title, or what was that? The NWA World? The hi- yes, yeah, the history of the NWA, which actually yeah. is a really good historical book, but yeah. it, it's a pretty dry read as far as a, a page-turner. Oh, we got Dr. Lucha on the phone now. We have Dr. Lucha on the phone, Mr. Sims. On the podcast. Oh, my God. Good, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. It is, it is very good to hear your voice, Dr. Lucha. Actually, I'm mostly calling in because I don't have access to my computer otherwise, and I really wanted to listen to the show live. <laughs> you just I, wanted, I, wanted, yeah. I wanted Fredo to explain how he rated that absolutely fabulous Mystico Tiger Mask match so low. <laughs> yes, in fact, when we that was going to be one of the first things we brought up is, as, as I'm certain anybody listening knows, that Mystico captured the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship from Tiger Mask number four. And number some, four, and someone, someone on Brian Alvarez's podcast claimed it was three stars. I I resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Doctor Lucha, right? Now, now not a, not a, not a chance. But I I I know the guy, and he looks just like me. <laughs> now, Doctor Lucha can concur with my comment I'm about to make because I emailed him last night. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. And it appears that Steve, you and I are both in. You kind yeah, of we are. We are alone. We are alone at the end of the the plank that the, that the rest of the ship's crew have point, pointed their their scabbards at us and made us walk the plank to the very end and tried to justify ourselves. <laughs> yes, when I this is my impression when I started watching the match on YouTube last night. My very first impression. And first, I want to start off by saying I am so unfamiliar with Tiger Mask 4. I, I'm so unfamiliar, I can't even remember if I've seen him wrestle in the past or not. I think you might have wrestled him. <laughs> then, then that would have been his worst match if that happened. Wasn't, uh, wasn't, he, wasn't he punky boy at Arena Perro <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Steve Sims, you're the only person besides me who remembers Ponky Boy. I briefly considered teaming him with him under the name Honky Boy. <laughs> but um, the first thing that struck me when I was watching the two of them work together is I said, I bet you these guys are very unfamiliar with each other. And as it turns out, you were telling Brian Alvarez today that this was the first time these two actually locked up. And the reason it, I say that... For sure, and it, it sure looked like they hadn't even worked, worked out too many spots, but did it? Yes, because what struck me is they seemed uh, comfortably unfamiliar with familiar with each other. They uh, had a you know not a classic match or anything, but it looks like they were really playing it safe, doing spots that they could execute, not trying to do an off the charts match at the risk of botching a, a jillion moves. But then I told I told you didn't I tell I, I think I told I mentioned to you in the like my last email to you. That I actually thought the who was it I told you about it I totally forgot now. You, one thing you pointed out, Fredo, that I thought was right on was when uh, Tiger Mask was working Mystico's leg uh-huh. very you know consistently, and then Mystico just momentarily sold it, but then went through the rest of the match pretending like nothing was ever done to his leg. Oh, yeah, he was he was working the knee for about two three minutes, and he even did a figure four, and all of a sudden yeah. All of a sudden, he starts doing like a, the that that little backflip he does off the ropes, and then he does a plant. I think he did a, a tope to the outside. He yes, he did. In, he gets back in, and he's perfectly fine. He's still doing everything, and and he just didn't sell anything. He didn't sell any of the you know the knee being hurt. Yeah, and that's a very good you know because one of the things I was thinking it would have been so bad if he worked the leg once or twice, but he was consistently yeah, banging was away at that leg. Yeah, as in saying, okay, let's you know let's tell a story here um but that said i you know i know people are really tearing this match to ribbons and i've watched it twice uh-huh. and i don't understand it you watched it more than anybody else then <laughs> yes yes um what? in fact <laughs> well, we, well we all heard brian alvarez listening you know we listened to him watching it live yeah on his show today and uh he didn't say a suck or anything but he did afterwards. Maybe I'm just watching way too much, or maybe everybody's watching way too much wrestling and I'm not watching enough wrestling. Because I'm sitting there watching and saying, yeah, it's not a classic, but 
it reminded me a lot of the first time I saw Jushin Liger and Negro Casas wrestle each other, and it was. Oh, I don't think it was. I don't think it was that good. See, I um, no, I, their very first match they had together was a very tame match. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it was. It was just a seven-minute match in in New Japan where they kind of got accustomed to each other right after Christmas of '89. That's right. Was, yes, was and it, didn't wait, that wait, remind wait. you a lot of this match? Was it for the IWGP title though? Oh no! It was like the second match on the card. It was like a big nothing. See, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's I think that's what I told you towards the end. For for um, for an IWGP Junior Title, it just didn't seem like it was. It, they they didn't seem to want to do anything. You know, it was. I think. Well, I that's think it, yeah. That's a good point. Is it definitely didn't have, you know, a championship feel to it. Yeah. However, I think the fact that they were so unfamiliar with each other, they chose to play it safe and. Yeah. Let's have a passable match, um, and maybe when they get more familiar familiar with each other, we'll see them uh, kick ass a little later. I don't know. I don't now, Fre- Fredo, I don't you told me something about apparently Tiger Mask 4 has a reputation of kind of uh, just kind of phoning in matches a lot. Well, I guess a lot of people seem to, they told me, like this one guy on um, the figure four board mentioned, to be fair, <laughs> this is his, this is what he said. He said, "To be fair, he sucks all the time." Basically, <laughs> that was his. That's, I, I pretty much I abbreviated his comments, but I mean, gotcha. That, that pretty much what what he's he's shitty no matter what. So that's but not I so mean, not so much your take, but yeah, other people's take. Yeah, other people. That was pretty much because I heard um I heard that other um uh, podcast that um that's on figure four that Adam and Mike. Adam were, and Mike. Yeah, and they were pretty much just glad that they took the belt off of um, Tiger Mask Four. <laughs> Which, but I, I think, I think the other thing might be that they were both baby faces, aren't they? Both baby faces. I mean, isn't Tiger Mask for a baby face in New Japan? Generally, yes. How much did each? How much did each of you take off of the match for the fact that there was no crowd heat the entire match? Well, that's what I. That's what I noticed. The, fir- the first thing I noticed was the, ma- the, the crowd was dead, for, even for yeah. Japanese. And actually, that you know that struck me too. They were they politely enjoyed it. And I guess my question here was, was there much build-up for this match, or did they just kind of throw this championship match onto the show? I think they mentioned it. That's it. Because I'm wondering up. if... It, it was announced in the magazines, magazines two or three weeks ahead of time. Yeah. But they yeah, there definitely wasn't... Yeah, I mean, the, the, deal, the deal was, it was they were supposed to be... Mystica was supposed to come in and got canceled for the swine flu, and the fans, you know, we they felt they kind of promised the fans one thing, and they couldn't deliver with a, with a special added attraction to the show. So they brought him back this time and said, not only are we going to bring him back, but we'll give him a title shot. Okay, interesting. Because that, that's one of the things that was striking me is, did the fans not have a lot of vested interest in Mystico coming in? How much buildup was there? I think we're better. Well, well they've, they've only had a couple of matches with him, and both times he's been working in just one program, and then he goes away and he doesn't come yeah. back again for three or four months. The match doesn't air on TV, and they realize that he's supposed to be a superstar in his own country, but that's about all they know. Yeah, that might explain some of it. And also, what kind of uh, buzz does the junior heavyweight title have over there these days? I, I can remember when it was everything. When you know that their junior, you know, their juniors are really. I, I've seen some of them, and they're really boring, though. Like they don't really. They're not the same as when you know in the '90s when you were like, "Oh my God, this guy's awesome." But maybe it's well, not, we not only that, but I was over there, Fredo, in Japan with with Dave Meltzer and John Williams in '96 when they had the very first tournament. To uh-huh. unify all like eight or nine championships, and you know once you do that, then when you go back to just having a match for one belt with a guy you haven't heard of before, as opposed to two guys you know very well fighting for all eight belts. I don't know that that really matters too much these days, but it's just you know it's 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 easy to to be a lot less exciting when. Yeah. You've got a a person you're not really familiar with, and b it's 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 a belt that was just for a while was just one of eight. But I am interested how you guys feel about the the crowd reaction and how much that takes away from the match. Because I'm writing an article, I'm writing a piece uh-huh. that I want to put together about the Mistico versus Ultimo Guerrero match from the uh, tournament, the uh, Block Two tournament to crown the Universal Championship. 
and how much the crowd added to that match. Where's this going to be? Where, where are you write, For who are you writing for? Well, for, for any for any for any publication that will take it. StandTheEmbryo.com. No one, no one in the world. LuchaWorld.com will be. Ever posting our new contributor. Oh dear! Oh dear! Steve, ever, do you ever realize what that, you just did? What? Ever since you that carried out, yeah. just did Steve Sims. Well, you are starting a feud between Fredo. We're going to have to have a match. Winner gets to publish. Oh, uh, Doctor Lucha. Right. Right. I think Doctor Lucha's uh, his 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 article is now going to be appearing in like four different websites, <laughs> four or five different <laughs> websites. Well, since since from from the wrestling observer to figure four to my own newsletter to the one article in Super Luchas. I've never gotten paid for anything, so you know I'll just I'll just take anybody that'll publish me. <laughs> the best uh, payoff I got for writing anything was of all magazines, Wrestling World. They actually paid one hundred and twenty-five dollars. When was this? And if you had, if you had put on the bark bra and the panties and posed for the pictures in the back, you would have gotten two fifty. Whoa. This is true, yes. Kurt, Kurt would have done it. <laughs> Kurt would have done it. I'm, I'm still trying to get over that picture of you with blonde hair for, with Dr. Jerry in the in the latest Stan the Embryo. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was oh that was a wonderful night. That was at a Christmas party. That was uh Tom Hankins, who people might remember on the Phil Donahue episode years ago where he talked about uh, Pat Patterson hitting on him. He worked for an adult bookstore in the valley uh back in 1981 and they were having a christmas party and uh tom Is told uh, me and lloyd lee says you guys got to bring the doc and uh that was me posing with the doc i was uh i was the designated driver even though they didn't use that term back then and you went out to canoga park for a christmas party with the doc <laughs> yes i was his ride i oh, was like his goodness. ride and uh, he was slamming him down, um, started screaming obscenities to everybody in the place, broke the table, and uh, uh, was uh, kissing the hand of a guy once the guy told him that he was Armenian. The doc just lit up and started kissing the guy's hand and said, you're a beautiful cocksucker, you. You're Armenian, the fighting Armenians. And the poor man looked like he just wanted to get the hell out of there. Uh, it wound up that... <laughs> On that evening, Tom Hankins was fired from his job, and Lloyd and I drove the doc back to his hotel, and that was the did, night when... Did the, Chris, did the Christmas party cause him to get fired? Yes. Bringing Dr. <laughs> okay. Jerry Graham uh, to the Christmas party is what got Tom Hankins fired, and he's okay. very proud of that. He <laughs> said he was looking for a way out of that job for a while, so yeah, we. Uh, it took us about a half hour to walk Dr. Jerry Graham up to the third floor of the Imperial Hotel in downtown L.A., which was anything but Imperial. And, God, it was like around 2 in the morning. Um, one, oh, and when we were on the third floor, um, Lloyd was trying to keep the doc you know, from falling over, and Doc grabbed Lloyd and threw him across the hall. And Lloyd was a good six foot tall, a big, stocky guy. We were shocked the doc still had that in him. Uh, fortunately, Lloyd wasn't hurt. He just looked very surprised. <laughs> when we finally got to Doc's hotel room, he couldn't get the, t the key into uh, the keyhole. And so uh, Lloyd opens the door for him. And when we open the door, the light is off, but the TV is on. And we look in his hotel room, and there is a blonde, a blonde in his bed. And we're looking at each other like, how does he do it? Dr. Jerry Graham, he's on in a flop house. He's, you know, hit the skids. He's, you know, a 50-something-year-old man with bleached blonde hair and 400 pounds, and he still has a chick in his bed. And then two days later, we uh, went to the hotel and picked him up to take him to the Lucha matches at Hadco Plaza. And he gets in the car, and we're like, "Hey, so Doc, who's that? Uh, who's that little piece you had uh, upstairs the other night?" And he just fondly smiles and goes, "Oh, oh, that's Maxine. She's a sweet little thing. She's she's oh, she's all woman. She's." And he pauses and says, "Well, 
above the navel, she's all a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, we're, we're trying to work up the money to get the rest of the operation taken care of, but she's a sweet thing. <laughs> he, he would have loved AAA, huh? <laughs> Doc would have been a perfect fit in AAA. He would have loved and, watching it. In I fact, I remember what, even when ECW started uh, coming into prominence in the mid-'90s, I thought, you know what? Dr. Jerry Graham was ahead of his time. These gimmicks were geared for somebody like him. And yes, he probably would have gotten along fine with all the Exoticos in AAA. Which you, you, did you watch the, this week's show? Well, the first no. match was yeah. Gato Ever Ready, Aerostar, and Pimpinela. And that was basically it. Yep, I didn't watch the rest yet. Did you watch the rape bondage skit? No, and I, Fredo, you have to fill us in on this because I saw uh, I saw the hype for it on uh, the Slam and Stand site here. Or, Tell us. Uh, I think Steve probably saw it already too. But um, it's uh, it's it's Slamandaz cutting a promo, and they have this girl tied up to like these two poles or something, and you know she's scantily clad, and they're just like I, I think one of them spanked her during it. But I you have no idea what they're gonna do. To her. Oh my I, lord! So I made the comment. I made the comment. I thought it was a bondage thing, and then um, the coach fan said, "I kind of think they were going to rape her." <laughs> I, I was going to say when you're describing this, I'm picturing an old Herschel Gordon Lewis movie. I have no idea why they would do that, considering they have the whole cookie jar thing supposedly coming out. <laughs> and, and you know what I thought about? Remember that South Park episode, Imagination Land? I love that episode. Where um, Strawberry Shortcake is getting, um, I, get, I think she gets they they. They poke her eye out, don't they? Well, that's the episode where uh, um, a suicide bomber blows himself up amongst all the animated cartoon characters. Yeah, and 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 the and the the furry who are those the the happy furry animals or whatever they're called. Well, I think I think Raggedy Andy lay dying in Raggedy Ann's arms. You didn't watch the second one, did you? Yes, I did. You did. Well, you know when they're when they're um they 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 the they let go of the evil. The evil cartoon characters, and the most evil cartoon characters are these three little furry or a couple of furry animals. Oh, that's, that's a di- isn't that a different episode? No, I think it's the second part. No, I think that, I think that was a separate episode. No, it's the second part. I'm pretty sure it is. Okay, they, Steve. They, 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 Steve, now you guys started you started the feud between Fredo and Vandal Drummond. Now we're arguing. Now over you guys disagree right about two things. Yeah, what? yeah. Lo- winner gets to be right about South Park. <laughs> Has Fredo ever been to Gil's Gym? Of course not. No, he has not. That's a bummer. That was one of the saddest days of my life is when I went to Gil's and Gil said, we're closing shop. Right, Kurt? I've never been in any gym. I'm proud of it. (laughs) (laughs) He's the anti-gymnast. And, well, well, uh, Steve Sims, you've been to Gil's. I have been to Gil's. I've seen Tichico Nuclear actually get chewed out. Oh, by who? By the trainer. Oh, by who? There was a, a he. He wasn't. He wasn't working. Uh, how? How's the best way to put it? He wasn't quite as putting as much energy behind his mat work as he should have. <laughs> yeah, actually, Marco Polo liked him a lot, and a lot of uh, like Gil and Marco Polo and a lot of those guys. I don't know if it's this way with a. Uh, a lot of lucha teachers, but when they like you, they rag on you a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, they they harp on you hard. And uh, Jeff was a much better worker than I was. And I could tell because Marco Polo was always riding him and he was always telling me, oh, you're doing fine. <laughs> Which meant I suck. <laughs> That's bad, Kurt. Come on, you were pretty good, Kurt. Don't, don't put yourself down. I tried. I did my best. You did your best. Didn't I always say when I saw your matches, hey, you're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. God bless you, Fredo. I said you were better than um, Conan. <laughs> and I, every time you ask me, which, well, I was your ma- my match. Which hey, one, Conan or Conan. Super Conan? <laughs> well, actually, this was Conan before his um, operation, so that's actually even. I was. Oh, that. that well, that's a high compliment. Yeah, there you go. And Steve Sims, you uh, you paid me the highest compliment when you said I'm the second greatest uh, wrestler of Scottish descent. That's uh, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> now. I want to ask you then: Never take a trip to Scotland and see the wrestlers there, because then I'll probably be, you know, seventeenth or eighteenth in line. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no! You'll always be you'll always be first in my book, really. Why? Thank you. 
<laughs> oh, this, this this podcast is turning into the nicest podcast ever now, you know? It is. It is. Oh, it started to be a, a feud, but it's kind of like a... We were getting um, into this whole argument over South Park, and, and Dr. Lucha just turned us back into being friends again. Dr. Lucha, you should have like a talk show now where you, you bring wrestling fans together. You can bring a bunch of smarks together. They start arguing over what constitutes a five-star match. They could argue over Mystico and Tiger Mask 4. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Dr. Lucha, we could call you Dr. Jerry Lucha. <laughs> I think I'll pass on that. Dr. Lucha Jr. is stealing enough of somebody else's gimmick anyway. Oh, no, that would be, don't Japan you see, has, you, you could come onto the show with a bottle in your hand and slowly get soused, but you'd still bring everybody together. You could be a wreck <laughs> at the end of the show. If I'll start going to the gym, I'll start, I'll start looking like him weight-wise, so I better, I better get back to the gym. <laughs> Hey, I want to. I want to. I want to know something about Stalker Ichikawa versus Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. Kurt, did you watch that? No, huh? No, but I did watch the Stalker Ichikawa versus Abby Taro match, which Abitaro, was yeah, yeah, that, that, that was Abdullah match. Yeah, Abdullah match. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta see the introduction, the intro for the entrance for Abdullah. He, I, you know how it's like a really long ramp. Yeah, he's already blowing up halfway through the. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> it's just—I mean, I, this was—I think this was probably the worst Dr. Ichikawa um, match, just because I mean the guy just Abdullah's—I mean, thirty years ago you would have been scared of Abdullah. Nowadays he's kissing little kids in the front <laughs> row, and it's just like, man, come on, stick to the—you know—the old guys are supposed to stay as the—you know—they're supposed to be kayfabe, aren't they? Yeah, but it's hard to be a heel when you're over sixty. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I think you're always a living legend. And I, I think Abdullah had... made the choice to break kayfabe when the Sheik died because remember, just days afterwards, after a match in Japan, he grabbed the microphone yeah. and announced that the Sheik had died. I think it's the first time he ever uh, cut a promo. So it's it's kind of hard to be a heel when your your pants are already up to your neck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other problem there too. Maybe that's why his voice was so high. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, now, the, the how about the match the, itself? He the blew match, up no. getting to the ring, but what happened once he was in the ring? Well, they immediately went back outside. Well, first of all, when he's trying to get in the ring, he spends like about a good couple of seconds trying to get in the ring. Abdullah Butcher's trying to get in the ring. And you kind of start wondering, is somebody going to help him in? Because he's having a hard time getting in the ring. So when Stalker Chikawa comes in, he gets, he, they immediately take the match out, out to the to the floor and they're brawling around the, the table and hitting each other. And during the whole match, there's this Japanese guy who has like the like a clown voice. So you a know, clown like a, voice? You know like a real a real like screechy um, voice. Like like um like you remember Ren and Stimpy? Yes. Kinda like a voice that would just like irritate. So how I mean, how funny! I'm already picturing my nightmare tonight. Yeah, so or, or or like any Mexican actor, male adult actor on a children's show. That's it. That's what it is. And and you're you're trying to and, and that, that that was fine during this match, but like for the rest of the show, you're just worn out with the guy's voice. It's like, oh my god, seriously, shut that guy, shut that guy's mic <laughs> off. You know? so, kind of you, you want to see Stalker and Abdullah finish off the announcer rather than each okay. other. Well, that's what I was kind of hoping for, but um, they go they go to the outside. And they they basically just have an Abdullah outside the ring sort of match. They get back in, and Abdullah finishes them off with the elbow. And that's pretty much it. You know, they go home, and that's it. And then he wow. just back to the to the you know starts shaking everybody's hand and everything. I well, next time I'm over to your house, Alfredo, I really want to yeah. see that. You're gonna have to watch this. So, Steve, what's with the clowns? What's with the fight? I'm sorry. What's with the clowns now? How many clowns are we going to have in AAA? I don't know. If there's a murder clown, then that takes away my gimmick I was dreaming of. <laughs> you were hoping for a murder clown. Yeah, I, I do believe the story is that the two of them quit. Wow. There's the, the one that's left is left because the other two quit, so they just start sticking two new clowns on the team and going to start uh, another winning streak, I guess. Or they, they, they may continue the streak they have now, but it, it appears... The, the, the two of the three guys that never lost in the ring and never got their pay increased once went and quit. Wow. Amazing. Now, earlier on uh, Brian's show, you were mentioning that there's a lot of unrest in the dressing room. 
is this connected with kind of like the different factions, like the Conan group and the Roldan group? I think you can, I think you can trace it to the main man in AAA. I think you can put it all on the shoulders of Octavio Lopez. Really? Because it started the moment he walked back in the room after not being able to get $8,000 a show on the independent circuit. And, he, and he's come back, and things have just got picked up right where they left off, and people are in the locker room. is just a roiling bunch of feuds and people that don't like each other anymore. Wow. Boy, it, 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 I mean, half, half the fun about AAA is just hearing the locker room tales. Yeah, I mean, just everybody quitting, too. I mean, is, is Sean Waltman gone? Um, he... Or is he still at Comic-Con? No, I think I think the best way to, the best way to say it is is that Sean is in a in a world and in a way of in a way of thinking. Oh, Steve again. Steve, no, fire station is close to where I live. Um, they arresting you. Steve's on his bottle again. This is fire. This is fire, not police. Uh, okay. I, I, am the mur- I am the murder clown, not the fire clown. I thought you were walking naked down the street again, and the neighbors just had to call 911. <laughs> Pulling another Dr. Jerry Graham. <laughs> that, 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 I could respond a million different ways to that, but I better go back to the, the original, the original <laughs> where, where we're heading. Uh-huh. Lucha-related, at least, but... Yes. I... Since, since Cybernetico came back, things have deteriorated. Um, he's back at the top. They are changing finishes of of the main events because of him, so that so there's there's not jobs being done anymore. I mean, Alfredo, it's finally your chance for your Triple Mania 17 report. And <laughs> Wagner versus Macias match, which knowing your rating system, you probably gave six and a half stars to. Yeah, I actually gave it seven. Seven. Seven stars. Half a point. You're off by half a point. No, actually. Seven stars and four pluses. Yeah, there you go. I don't, I don't really give star ratings to matches. I just say if they're good or they're bad. I'm not really much of a star rating. I just mentioned, I brought up the two stars and figure four is always big on, on the star rating system. You know, they're always like, but I, I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was a good match, but there were certain points in the match where you're just watching, you're thinking it's WWE all over again. Well, and it sounds with Cibernetico uh, coming and uh, finishes being changed right and left, it sounds like they're planning along the lines of WWE nowadays, just kind of off the top of their heads. Yeah, I mean, Cibernetico, I mean, I'm guessing, I, I just hope they don't do what Paraguayo does on his shows, where nobody jobs. <laughs> Non-finishes in the main event by law? Yeah. Just kind of like you're going to the escapades and seeing them go in circles. Yeah, how's who? How's Hoobantoo's show doing now? How was that show? How, how, I'm sorry, how was which show? Hoobantoo's Guerrero show, the Super X. Well, it's it's not so much a promotion as they found a money mark to put up some funds yeah. so they can run events and stuff. I mean, it gets pressed, but it only kind of gets pressed because there's nothing else going on at that particular time or there's a bunch of websites that are looking for the latest news and information to post. I really don't think very much will happen to it. I, it's called Super X, and I really think it'll all be gone and dead within 60 days. Do you about, think how, in their head... Have, even even if it were legit, they don't have TV, so it's, it's not yeah. going to matter. Do you think in their heads that they think this is going to work, or do you think they're just kind of taking the money marks for whatever cash they can and waiting till well, the money runs out? It seems to be on episode, episode 8 of Slamming Stand, which I highly recommend people listen to. It was, it was the only two-visitor episode of the show so far <laughs> that, 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 that our, our host our host from from the almost Inland Empire area of LA County said that you know you really have to say a lot of the wrestlers are, are, are crap mm-hmm. Wrestler, wrestlers as a whole are not very nice people yeah it's true yeah it's that it's that way in Mexico too they're, they're just taking advantage of a money mark wow amazing I mean, I shouldn't say amazing, but even after uh, hanging around it this many years, it still amazes me. <laughs> and and I, I went even further and said they were just lazy Mexicans. 
and I had to get up and say, wait, wait, I said, to, I said nothing about that. I said nothing had, about that. And you had to, you had to PC it. You had to be politically correct and and make sure that I was not saying that, right? I was, yeah, I was actually shocked when you and Superboy said at that time. Well, that's true. I mean, why? Well, yeah, I, mean, I went slack jawed. <laughs> but you know, it's just a, it just, it just amazes me how they get. They have an opportunity. Somebody's throwing money in their way, and they just don't do it the right way, you know? Like, all these guys who are leaving AAA and CMLL, why don't they just get together and make one big promotion, you know? Put everybody's money together and... No, oh, it never works. You know, one of the yeah, age-old no, stories, one of the age-old stories, not just in Mexico, but... Everywhere. It, everywhere. Yeah. Especially when there's a number of indie groups, a lot of people say... Let's get the indie groups to work together, and everybody says there's no way it could fail. And then and you have it what never the, works. You have that one show. You always have that one show where it's every single indie group. Well, actually, this was when was um ML MPW Millennium. That was like yeah. around 2000, 2001, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I remember they were part of that group that would do those super shows. That would then, last six or seven hours. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, those super shows became PWG and ROH and all those other promotions. <clears throat> they took an idea and they went with it. Hey, they said, let's get rid of all these other groups and just do it ourselves, you know? That, that reminds me of two sayings, one of which is a little serious and one of which is analytical. The more serious one is, is the reason there are all these small promotions is because everybody wants to be king of their small promotion. They all want to be the big fish yeah. in whatever size pond they can fit in. And by putting all the promotions together... They're all just little fishes in one pot, so it, it's never going to work that way. But the more salient observation is from an old friend, Jeff Siegel, back in Chicago, who said, after working with Eddie Sharkey's group one time, he says, it's amazing that professional wrestlers can even stand and walk to the ring with as many knives as they have in their backs. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. And that's from the indie level to the big time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just amazing how they can't... Nobody Nobody can get along. Even the nice guys have to be a little... Well, remember when we were talking about um, starting a, running a show? Superboy didn't like some of the guys that we thought were nice guys to us, remember? I mean, we Yeah, exactly. About... And, he, and, you know, and he's one of the nicest people I've known in the biz. Yeah. And, you know, you can even see he had a different philosophy of uh, booking a card than we did. Yeah. And even as something as silly as Incredibly Strange Wrestling... You know, Johnny Legend and I, I mean, we're really good friends. I love Johnny to death, but we'll drive each other crazy because even something that wacky, we have different ideas of what would work and what wouldn't. Oh, Kurt, you, you, have, you, have you seen those guest booker DVDs? Have you heard of those? I've heard of them. I've never seen one. Well, you know how they're bringing in Jim Cornette? Yeah. I was, I was thinking of them. I came up with the perfect person for them to get for their next show or their next DVD. Johnny? With it. Who? Johnny? <laughs> yeah, what is that? Johnny Legend booking WCW. <laughs> I would love that because all you'd have to do is turn on the DVD, ask him one question, and he will talk to you for several hours. He'll how go many, through several DVDs. How many, with, how many under, under the rope battle royale do you think we would see on WCW? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, it would, it would. WCW would have had a fighting chance if Johnny Legend was booking it. Well, the cool thing about Johnny Legend is that's one of the few times where uh when incredibly strange wrestling was running up in uh san francisco uh it was johnny with his cast of ideas like um uh you know his gimmicks like cletus the fetus Kincaid and the um ku klux clown uh negro kiss ass was one of his ideas and then there was uh the jr benson and ron head faction who came up with ideas like the abortionist um, you know, then Physico and I had our uh, bag of ideas, and we actually got along pretty well. Um, you know, and and the cool thing about Johnny is, I bet you he thought a lot of our ideas were just like, eh, but he still let us do them anyway. He always would fit our ideas into his shows. Uh, sometimes even let us kind of eclipsing his ideas. Uh, whose idea? Whose idea was the neighborhoods? That was the neighborhoods. That was Craze and uh, the late but who, Tech Nine. Who, who, who came up with the idea? Uh, those two did. It was. Oh, okay. They were just huge. Uh, they were huge fans of Public, um, Enemy. Public Enemy. 
and it, it was mainly a spinoff on that. And they, um, and that was, you know, I think some of their first matches were incredibly strange, as were uh, Chaos and Supremes, who were dubbed the Incredibly Strange Brothers. But it, it, it worked for a while, but uh, Johnny and the woman Otter and Morse up in San Francisco had a huge falling out. Again, you know, again, that's another thing that always happens in wrestling. You have two people working always. together. And it was going well. I mean, those shows in San Francisco were selling out. Those were, and they were over. And you know, they had a lot of really cool bands like the Bomboris and uh, the Mentors. A lot of good bands uh, playing on the shows. But, That's why one of my friends who said if he ever started a promotion, and he actually ended up doing it in Wisconsin, he said he was never going to hire and work with anybody he liked or knew because he was going to keep them all business. It's all going to be a business relationship, and he was going to hire people that he didn't know and wouldn't have any you know, skin in the game, and he wouldn't care that much about, about hurting their feelings. Yeah. He's smart. That's actually very smart because the awkward thing when the falling out between uh, Johnny Legend and Otter Morse happened, I got along with both of them really well. Um, I have no idea what happened between the two of them because neither will talk about it to anybody. And uh, But the bottom line was um, I had been friends with Johnny for seven years and I wasn't going to... Um, I wasn't going to sacrifice my friendship with him just so I could work on her shows because she kept running for, I think, another five years or so. Did she stop already, or is she still going? She stopped, I think, around two years ago. She oh. still has a trademark on the name Incredibly Strange Wrestling, That's but I don't went. think she's done any shows for a while. And they still, you know, the last one she ran, I think, still did good crowds. Um, I think those <laughs> she had falling outs with... Everybody. You know the other people she worked with too. So, you know, well, are we, are we into are we into campy film thoughts yet? No, we haven't got to that. Kurt's supposed to bring up the you know, stuff. and you know what? I am I am it. sadly I'm looking I'm looking at this standtheembryo.com, dot com and I see a YouTube clip queued up under the the topic fourteen or fight. Which one of these three distinguished gentlemen in, with the Q tip heads is Christopher Jones? Neither of them. Christopher Jones is the young rock star in the movie Wild in the Streets that was made in 19... Why do I, why do I want to click on the guy with the three old Q-tip heads? Well, that's how YouTube's doing it, man. I don't, I don't know what the fuck they're up to. They're high. They're taking drugs or something. They probably think Mil Moscaris is 73. Yeah, exactly. That's what's scary. I think he's 73, and I'm sober. You guys better not start arguing over that. <laughs> then it will have to be Dr. Lucha versus Vandal Drummond. Take it to Twitter. That, that's the, that's if, I win, I, if I win, Dr. Lucha has to be Dr. Jerry Lucha from now on. <laughs> Dr. Jerry Lucha. <laughs> <laughs> Could, didn't you introduce him as Dr. Jerry Lucha just so people can be confused? <laughs> like, well, this Dr. movie, Lucha. Wild in the Streets. Uh-huh. 14 or five. Fourteen or fight? Have you now, Steve? Have you heard of this film before? Never, never heard of it. This is a great fucking movie. It has like a who's it? Shelley Winters, uh, Ed Begley Jr. A very small role with Richard Pryor as one of the hippies, and basically it's all these teenagers who are fed up with the establishment, and uh, they get a law passed that uh, makes the legal voting age 14. That's also the age you can run for president. And so uh, the star Christopher Jones uh, plays a rock star, Max Frost, who runs for president. And when they become president, they uh, start putting LSD in the water system, and they put everybody over 30 in LSD concentration camps. So Christopher Johnson is the guy with the, uh, the ponytail. Yes. Yes. It's. I, I, I'm now playing the clip, so. Oh, oh, Steve, oh, it's, a tra- it's, a tra- it's a trailer. We're, we're going to hear this during the show, the, the trailer. The- oh, oh, look, yeah. if, look, if Brian can watch something in the background while he's doing his podcast, surely I can watch something. This is true. Oh, and I, I, I still remember the, the song, the theme song was, oh. Nothing can change the things to come. Nothing uh-huh. can change the things to come and Better yet, the Ramones covered it about ten years ago, 
well, 12 years ago. You, you guys don't see me turning, turning on the TV and watching the Dodger game, do you? Yeah, but this is wild in the streets. <laughs> and you you know, know why the I best, don't, right? You want to know the best thing Dodger. about this? What? You want to you want to know the best thing about this movie? Uh huh. What what? It's being remade. By who? I don't know who. In fact, well, okay, uh, Fredo, you watched the Dodger game. Uh, you watched the trailer, Steve. I will go to Internet Movie Database and I'll see who is remaking this film. Yeah, two thousand nine. Uh, the directors. I will entertain the crowd while you, while you guys while you guys that's do your, right. your internet searching. <laughs> Uh, the director is the great Peter Baxter, who has directed almost nothing before this. Uh-huh. Um, but Wild in the Streets is a camp classic being remade. I, I would love to see what they're doing with it. Wow. Anybody who has not seen this film, you can find it on DVD. I also recommend maybe doing a double feature, or if you watch the movie, I believe from 1967, called Psych Out. Psych Out, which stars Jack Nicholson as a hippie in Hate Ashbury, uh, who befriends a you know a deaf girl who's running away, and I think I've seen that actually. Oh, have you seen it? It's a but great I don't remember. I, I think I've seen something where where Jack Nicholson acts like that, but I can't remember. You know, I watch. I don't remember the names or anything. I just remember like it's a laugh riot, and it ha- and it actually has a really good soundtrack with a Strawberry Alarm Clock. Uh-huh. Um, and oh, uh, the seeds with the late Sky Saxon. Uh-huh. There's some really good, uh, good music and really good footage of uh, Haight Ashbury in the day. When's your next playlist coming up on your website? I need new, new music. Next time I go jogging, which will probably be tomorrow night, and I'm oh. planning on doing a good hour and fifteen minute run. You're not going to go watch Inglorious Bastards? <laughs> no, I will at some point. I, I, I imagine. You wait. You wait for it on DVD. Um, Netflix? It's a Netflix, or is it? No, I, I think I will try to. I think I will try to check it out. It's got a good on um, soundtrack. <laughs> I haven't checked out the soundtrack yet. Yeah, I downloaded it. So I now I still I still say the. You know, going back to Swamp Girl, uh-huh. Okie Finoki Swamps. I I wonder if Quentin Tarantino has ever seen that film because. I would do almost anything to see Quentin Tarantino remake Swamp Girl. There probably isn't anything he hasn't seen because he's he'll he'll bring up some of the most random movies that you, I mean you even like shows TV shows that you've never heard of, and he'll just like talk about it. He'll know every character and everything. In fact, I wonder if either of you people remember his 1995 appearance on the John Stewart show, where he and Johnny Legend both chewed out John Stewart for not knowing. Uh, who the uh, director Jack Hill was? Well, I didn't have cable. Back. I I do not remember that. Actually, uh, that was when that was when uh, John Stewart had a. It wasn't a cable show. It was on whatever the MTV? equivalent of the UPN network was back then. Oh, it was an MTV because he had an MTV show, didn't he? Yeah, this was before the MTV show, and Johnny was a guest occasionally on the show. Johnny was able to uh, plug his, you know, the re-release of the movie Spider Baby. <laughs> And both he and Quentin Tarantino were telling John Stewart that the greatest film director of all time was Jack Hill, who did the movie Switchblade Sisters, uh-huh. which is uh, another excellent film, and everybody should check out. Another great Jack Hill film is Coffee with Pam Greer from 1973, you, where she you, plays a little avenging angel going out trying to kill all the drug pushers who uh, who uh, uh, sold her. I think her sold her little sister or her niece uh, drugs, and she overdosed. Oh. So she goes away with a shotgun blowing people's heads off. She's, she's awesome in this flick. You watch a lot of violent movies. Really Only the good ones. <laughs> There's a lot of bad movies. You know what I was going to ask you? Have you seen that, um, that YouTube clip of Johnny Legend um, singing uh, Pencil Neck Geek? I think it's Pencil Neck Geek. Uh, no, I didn't. No, it's like a it's it's like a it's a talk show from um, I think Memphis from Tennessee or something, and he he shows up and he plays. I think I downloaded it onto my. I uh, you you'll have to send me that link because yeah. I would very much like to see I'll, that. I'll, I'll I'll look for. I think it's on YouTube because I remember I remember it. You know when when you look at my um. Remember I put up all the rock and wrestling stuff up on my page. Yes. It it, it used to link to it. 
but I don't know if they took it down or anything. Oh, my Lord. Well, Fredo, I still say you got to get on Facebook so you can turn us all on to all this cool shit. Yeah, or maybe update my website every so often. Now, now, Dr. Lucha, are you totally in trance? Would that, would that be Lucha it. World or would that be SlamBamJam.com where you can buy certain things? Actually, we should, I should probably post more stuff on SlamBamJam.com about, um, because I have an entertainment section. <laughs> that would be very cool. Supposedly, See, I think between the three of us, we, we, we've got a lot of good, uh, you know, cinema experience, a lot of, uh, you know, voyeur in the theaters and, I think we find the really cool stuff instead of that god-awful John Luke Goddard crap that people are always trying to say is so brilliant. What is, what is he? What, what movie is he? Is yeah, he? I like him much better than his captain of the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't even know what you're talking about, Kurt. <laughs> no, I do. He, he, did, he did a movie. In fact, in fact any movie? Lucha fan should know this movie called Pierrot Lafoe. We should, do, we should re- review all those Lucha movies. But I don't think I could fit through them, though. I'm still waiting for Kurt to pull out the ultimate. Pull out is a very bad word for what I'm about to reference here. Uh-oh. To reference the ultimate lucha movie of all time, Santa Sangre. Oh my God! I have not thought of that movie in a long time. If only because it's got super pulpy in the altogether. Yes, yes. Super. For any of you uh, classic wrestling fans from the '80s, you get a brief scene with Popey Tecas in the nude there. Uh oh. Yeah. Watch out. So uh, Hopefully, was not just any wrestler either. He was the Mexican national heavyweight champion, and an awesome one at that. In fact, where is Popitecas today? Has have there been any Popitecas sightings in the last two or three years? He wrestled. No, there haven't haven't been any. Didn't he wrestle like five years ago? I think. I think that's he, he, did, he did wrestle for a while, but he as he got older and his his, his knees just got you know he was carrying all that weight his knees just just got shot and. Oh. He eventually just just tuned it down and just wrestles just enough to keep his license. In fact, I, I was told he works a government job where he has to go, uh, you know, do collections for some government agency. Could you imagine him coming to your door and saying, "Okay, you owe us a little money"? Especially if you've just watched Santa Sangre. <laughs> Kurt, is your super popey page still up? I have no idea. Probably not. Because I remember that was the first web page I found. I think that was one of the first wrestling web, web pages I found. My Actually, Kurt, Kurt, I will, Kurt, I will call on you for a little mini-review because the, the, the multitudinous hundreds of thousands of people listening to the podcast may not realize this, but Santa Sangre was actually a very serious film and very well done. A very well done film, a very deeply disturbing film, but a very brilliant film nonetheless. Uh, wrestling was just a small subplot of it were Popitecas, Judas, and a few other wrestlers of the era uh, got smacked around by a huge transvestite wrestler. <laughs> and it sounds funny, but actually, if you watch the whole thing, there's, there's a logical sense to the world that the director creates. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. This, oh, man, it was almost 20 years ago when I saw it. I'll never forget Pat Howard, who uh, the XPW crowd knows as Larry Rivera, um, uh, actually called me on the phone during an intermission when he was seeing a screening of Santa Sangre, and I'm going, Pat, what's up? And you know that guy's seen probably every every like unsettling movie in the history of mankind, and he just goes, Dude, this is oh, dude, this is the strangest movie I've ever seen in my life, and our boy Popey is in it. <laughs> and I'm going, No way! And that's all he had to tell me was to go see the movie. But um, it's 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 a, it's an unusual tale about a dysfunctional family who lives in a traveling circus. Oh, the Dodgers! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like that. <laughs> Oh Lord, Fredo! Fredo, they just took the lead on the Cubs two to one, so you don't have to watch them. You can still listen to Kurt's Santa Sangre analysis. <laughs> now I never knew how to pronounce the director's name: Alejandro Jodorowsky or Hodorowsky? Hodorowsky. Yeah, he's done a whole a slew of uh, unusual films. He's done El Topo, which is I've never seen that one, but that one had quite a following. Um. But Santa Sangre, yeah, a dysfunctional family in a traveling circus with uh, 
a very lusty father and a very repressed mother. Uh, Santa yeah, Sangre represents the holy blood that uh, she claims is flowing in the little chapel. Oh, man. It's kind, of, it's kind of like the director is a Fellini here, and instead of using the typical Fellini-Italian uh, love running through is, is the plot device that runs through everything, this family runs through everything here. Wow. And the, yeah. blood, the, the blood is what the mother tries, the holy blood, she tries to pass along the holy faith to her kids in a real, and everybody is, is off is on a real unique little island of their own. Yes, and in her trying to pass that holy blood to her son, instead, after her passing, you know, her ghost follows her son everywhere and commands him to do unspeakable uh, things. And the one thing, as chilling as this movie is, the one thing that just blew me away was uh, when the mother, you know, appears as the ghost the chemistry between her and the son of the two actors were just impeccable. I mean, you're right, Steve. It was a really well-done film. All this and Popey Naked. Yeah, Popey Naked. Popey oh. Sin Ropa. <laughs> so everybody who, everybody, you know, all you perverts out there who are into uh, really chunky men, so go rent this, out. Uh, this movie four and okay. three quarters? We, we started the podcast talking about Doc, and we're ending it starting talking about Pulpy. <laughs> so are the Dodgers playing the Cubs? The Dodgers are playing the Cubs. change the subject. He's disturbed now. <laughs> the Dodgers are playing the Cubs, so maybe they'll finally get a victory, although Cubs fan is just beside himself. This season has not turned out like the way they, they thought. I'm going to be gloating on the CubsFan.com later tonight. Join me. <laughs> just don't say the words Kevin Gregg to him Kevin Gregg <laughs> Kevin Gregg is their closer that they demoted from closer because he blew so many saves so who'd they go back to Marmol um, is that like Lanny Potts I don't know that they've actually so named I don't know if they've named somebody or not yet oh. Oh, they won't. let's just hope they don't need him tonight the Dodgers need a win tonight oh. tired yep. of them losing they do. The Giants lost today, and the Rockies were off, so a win would be nice. But, yeah, they, they, but back, back to the better, better topics at hand. <laughs> I have a I have a question for you guys. If you yeah. guys, if you guys were booking, Pinky has asked Gato out on a date. Gato says, "I'm not that kind of guy." Pinky kisses him at the restaurant, and Gato gets all angry at him. So, what would you guys do, and take, how would you take the storyline from there, if you were booking it? I would uh, I would book them on a Royal Caribbean cruise together <laughs> that's paid for by Pimpinela. Gato will slowly see that, you know, Pimpinela's intentions are not purely sexual. It's, you know, true love is in the air. I believe that they'll get together, get married, and Pimpy will become Pimpinela Everready. <laughs> They will give birth to a half-cat, half-man woman. <laughs> and I think we even mentioned this on the last show, Fredo, that he'll start out as, he, she will start out as a mini, and each week will grow until they get to the size of Granda. There you go. We'll have the first gigantic feline transvestite. Yeah, just imagine Granda, Pimpinella, and Gato Variety combined together. And they will never... He will never do a job. Unbeatable. Yes, unbeatable. Take that, you murderous clowns. The most dangerous transvestite ever. Exactly. Since, it's um, a whole new age coming. There you go. So Steve Sims. Steve, I was going to ask, could we have you on again really soon? I, I would love to pick your brain about your whole history of discovering Lucha because... Um, I remember I started doing the uh, Viva La Lucha newsletter, uh, but once you started covering the Lucha scene, man, I want to burn every copy I ever printed of that newsletter. Oh no, your your stuff was gold. I I remember that very well. That was those people who read Stan the Embryo now have a taste because your 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 writing style has matured, but your uh, free association. And and your uh, stream of consciousness uh, topic switching was was 
as sharp, if not sharper, back then. And even though you, you kept to the topic fully doing Viva La Lucha, and you even had occasional news in there. I, it, I had a it, what? It was, it was the most entertaining, it was the most entertaining newsletter that's yet come out. Wow, thank you. That's, everything you was, just told me is just one, is probably one of the highest compliments I've ever received. So thank you very much. I, Sure, is the check in the mail? Sure, I think he said that last time on uh, Brian Alvarez's show. <laughs> no, no, I, did. I didn't. Dave Meltzer kept calling Brian Alvarez's newsletter the funnest read in wrestling. That's what Dave said. Yeah. I asked him, was it, was it really, not to knock Brian or anything, but was it really different back in the, like, a couple of years ago? Is, oh, it was way different. It was, yeah. it was a comedy newsletter up until about two years ago, two or three years ago. It should go back to being a comedy newsletter because I don't really like the. I don't know. I mean, I would. I loved his comedy. I, yeah, it, not, the, the headline that I'll never forget is that after Rob Feinstein uh, oh got tagged on that perverted justice sting, uh-huh. how the next headline uh, was that. By the, uh, by, the, by the way, Kurt, if I could interrupt, it is the top of the hour. If you guys got to do your plugs quickly. Uh, we, we will, in a second, we but, but I, I, I have to, because Brian Alvarez, this was the greatest thing he ever wrote. He said that Rob Feinstein's regrouping to start uh, Ring of Scouts Honor. <laughs> 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 I, I'll never forget just doubling over just reading the headline. But yeah, it is the top of the hour, and uh, and yeah, I, I agree. Brian Alvarez should should do comedy again. The other one I loved is when he did a little blurb on the big show being enraged that they changed the name of the BK broiler to the chicken whopper at Burger King and that he was expecting a nice fried sandwich but it's grilled and he's yeah. horrified. Oh, <laughs> Brian Alvarez ha- had had a good funny bone. You know, he, I bet he still does but he's just not he still, playing it. He still does but now it's much easier to do a weekly newsletter that, that's a lot of news when you when you get more and more into the MMA because so much is happening in that field. This There's, is you true. Could, you can never never run out of even if you're if you if, if you're just doing um, an eight page newsletter. You can it's going to be a long time before you run out of news to cover in that world. Yeah, this is true. Never ending, and there. Oh wow, you could do a newsletter covering all the multiple organizations that no other newsletters have the time to cover. It's like wrestling is like music these days. There's so many different styles and promotions out there. You know, it's never-ending what you could cover. Well, Steve, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show. It is always awesome to have you on. I want to thank you for uh, starting a feud between Alfredo and I, and then uh, thank you for patching it up. We're all a happy family again, just like the Brady Bunch. Well, Alfredo, don't visit a barber anytime soon because I want to see a hair match. Oh, there we go, Fredo. We got to grow our hair. hair. And we'll call Physical and ask him to grow his mask so we can shave his mask if he loses. <laughs> and uh, no, a, We're going to save the ultimate stipulation for if you guys do it incredibly strange wrestling, this will be a put the mask on stipulation. There you go. We'll both oh, I love that. Whoever, whoever the fans have to wear a mask through eternity. Stop! Yes, yeah, stop the match. Have the fans vote for whoever's uglier, and you have to put the mask on. Oh, <laughs> oh Steve, you just Kurt, came up I, with a great booking idea. I think Kurt, incredibly I think strange is coming back. Kurt, I think we're both losing that match. I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. It's going to be a whole new century. There you go. Well, Fredo, the websites on your end. Okay, my websites are luchaworld.com. And slambamjam.com with a bunch of new DVDs up will be updated frequently this week and next week with new Lucha, probably by next Friday. Check and out Fredo's sites. They are awesome. My site is www.stantheembryo.com. A lot of uh, good little timeline uh, feeds that I've been putting up on there. A lot about a little and a little about not much. And don't forget. Or don't forget your upcoming article from Dr. Lucha. That's right. <laughs> Dr. Lucha. Soon how, the, how, the crowd, how the crowd can make a great match. There you go. There you go. That's I like next, that. That's the next Dandy Embryo article. That's it. That's it. And I hope, uh, it's, not the, I hope it's not the next one because it won't be ready for a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, take your time on it. Should I put some pictures of the naked ladies on it uh, like I did for that Lady Godiva? Boobies. Okay. Boobies. Well, 
Even though it'll have nothing to do with the article, when Dr. Lucha puts a story up, we're going to put a picture pictures of naked ladies on there. So Kurt, everybody check that out when it comes. Kurt, what happened to Hansu? Hansu? Yeah, what happened to him? He used to post on your... He used to. You know what? I'm going to have to take him to task for that. He's on yeah, Facebook, he's... and he's not going on StandTheEmbryo.com. You will rue the day you did that. In Athens, Georgia, I'm going to have to chase him down, bring him back. He, he he had some good recommend recommendations for music. He has great taste in music. Yeah, he has great taste in music, great taste in wrestling. Okay, oh Brian, Al, I mean uh, Hansu, since he, you have not posted anything on StandTheEmbryo.com, it's now going to be a four-way: Alfredo Esparza, Vandal Drummond, Physical Nuclear, and Hansu. It's a four-way now. So Brian Alvarez refereeing. Brian Alvarez be the referee, and maybe he'll win the match. There you go. It's incredibly a, it's a strange, my folks. It's, it's got to come here show. soon. Uh, so this is Vandal Drummond along with Alfredo Esparza and Steve Dr. Lucha Sims reminding all of you if you are strolling through Southern California on a starry night and you see a bright light shooting across the sky, it is not a shooting star. No. It is a heavenly handful of Monsell's powder. Until next week, we will see you folks. Take care. Have a good one, my babies.